With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network for episode two of season two alongside Austin Bechtold of 93.7 The Fan, as I have him labeled in our room. I'm Jake Slobodnik with Bucks Dugout and Talk the Plank here to talk some bucko baseball. Free agency starting up. Not too many moves have been made. Uh, In fact, none by the Pirates, really. It seems like they have just been getting players taken away from them. We'll talk about that a little bit. We have a gold glove winner at third base, finally, Key Brian Hayes. That's the biggest storyline, really, that has been just uh, taking over Pirates Twitter, Pirates News, all that over the past week. Key Brian Hayes finally got what he deserved, and that was a Gold Glove Award. Uh, Rawlings announced it Sunday night, and he beat out Austin Riley and Ryan McMahon for the award. I mean, Austin, first thing we got to talk about here with Key Brian Hayes, I mean, it's about time that he wins this. Really, he's been deserving for a while, but this year, he if, if he didn't win it, this would have been a travesty. Yeah, Jake, thanks for the distinction of the fan also in uh, the intro there. That was, I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, that's really not been accompanied by me um, really in terms of people giving me an introduction and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Still a relatively new position for me. But what is relatively new for Cabrian Hayes, but what shouldn't have been relatively new for Hayes, the gold glove. He is well-deserving. He should have won it last year if it wasn't for Nolan Arenado and the continuous streak that the baseball writers wanted to continue him on, even though Hayes won pretty much every single defensive category, statistical category, was better, this was easy. Nobody should have doubted for a second 
especially after Arenado was not named a finalist, that Cabrian Hayes, despite missing some time in the mid-portion of the season with an injury, I did wonder at the time if that could knock him down a perch and potentially keep him out from being named the Gold Glove winner. But it's just fantastic to see. He is the leader in the clubhouse in so many statistical categories. He's the Pirates' best defender, first third baseman to ever win it in franchise history. Cabrian Hayes has taken a step. Partly, I think, maybe one reason why it shouldn't be like this, but that he did finally get this accomplishment, and finally, again, being such a key word, is because he's starting to hit again. He's hitting like he did when he first came up in 2020. He's smoking the baseball. Launch angle is now his friend, as well as hard hit rate. He's pulling the baseball and not just driving it the other way and trying to hit it off the Clemente wall like he did so many times in the last couple of years. He's become so much more of a well-rounded hitter, and I think that's helped him just to be able to attract more eyes and more attention to him because his defense is evident, and also the more exposure that he gets, the more and more that he plays, the better that the Pirates played down the stretch. Think about it. How much of a chance, and I know Colorado's center fielder got a gold glove as well, had a fantastic season defensively as well, but realistically, Jake, for a 62-win ball club, Compared to Nolan Arenado on the Cardinals, who are always good outside of this year. First time the Pirates have finished ahead of of St. Louis for the first time since 1999. That's got to play a factor, right? And the Pirates winning 76 games, whatever it would, 70 what? 76 games for the Pirates, being able to win that, and Cabrian Hayes being able to get that type of recognition. I think it all plays hand in hand. Yeah, I totally agree, and for a club, as you said, like the Pirates, who had a 14-win improvement over the last season, um, I think that does go into consideration. I just want to flash it back to your mentioning about his hitting. It's sad that hitting, I guess, is an unknown attribute when counting in for Gold Glove honorees, because obviously the Gold Glove Award is for defense, which Key Brian Hayes has been stellar at, but... Over the past couple of years, obviously, Nolan Arenado has, I guess, gotten a little bit of an extra boost because of his offense, whereas this year, it seems like he, Brian Hayes, has gotten that because his, his bat has improved, despite the injury. But, like you said, the Pirates have been have, have had a 14-win improvement from last season after back-to-back 100-loss seasons, and Key Brian Hayes was a major, uh, major part of that. I'm not going to focus too much on his hitting, just because, you know, again, this is a Gold Glove award, I'm going to focus on his defense, but... I will say there is a noticeable difference, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, watching Key Brian Hayes at the plate every day. It seems like he's he's found his 2020 self at the plate rather than going up there trying to pull things, trying to make it a point to get better exit velo. Like he's just going up there ready to be a raw hitter. So I agree there. I think that may have helped a little bit. I think the club's performance has helped him a little bit more, um, especially with St. Louis sort of going down. And obviously, maybe Arenado's expectations. Uh, you know, every year they think he's going to be a star. This year he wasn't, and I think that might have helped keep Ryan Hayes' uh, 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 stats a little bit more, maybe, or sway more, maybe a couple more votes. But, again, we're not going to just talk about why we think because Arenado failed, Hayes got the award. I mean, when you look at some of the numbers, 21 defensive runs saved, which was in the top five in cross Major League Baseball, uh, 17 outs above average, 13 runs prevented. He improved his fielding numbers Um by at least .10, I would say, maybe a little bit over that. All that in a thousand, over 1,030 innings. 
I mean, this, this kid has been absolutely phenomenal this season for the Pirates. And, I mean, just look at some of the fantastic plays that he's made that have looked easy. I mean, these are type of plays that kids will go out thinking they can turn in the Little League, especially the one that he had against, I think it was the Reds a couple uh, back in May, I believe, when he dove and was throwing off seemingly his left foot to turn a double play, and he ended up doing it. it that right there, I think, was the play that cemented him winning the Gold Glove this year or that maybe foreshadowed that he was going to be a much better defensive tool for the Pirates. But again, just numbers alone, I think that had he not won this year, and I mean, he's in very much high standing to win the Platinum Glove Award, which is a fan vote. And I mean, there's even, what's funny is that the Pirates fans and Yankees fans have sort of converged to maybe perform a little bit of a trade-off where Pirates fans vote Volpe while the Yankees fans will vote Hayes along with their respective uh, leaders for each league. But going back to the original subject, we knew early in the season that Key Brian Hayes was going to be a fantastic defensive glover, uh, a, fa a fantastic defenseman for the Pirates. Did we think he would be at this good? Maybe not. We knew he was going to be gold glove worthy, but I mean, he is just, it, it seems like he just took a big step forward despite that injury, as you mentioned earlier this season. So, I mean, maybe the offensive metrics helped, maybe the club's performance helped, but really I think he proved a lot of this on his own. Jake, let me ask you this. Do you think that by the middle of the season next year or by the end of the 2024 season that Key Brian Hayes will be a top 10, maybe even a top seven or eight third baseman in all of baseball? I think by, the, by midpoint next year, I think he has the makings to make it a top 15, and I think he might be able to slide into the top 10 category toward the end of the year. Well, I mean, he might be already in the top 15, but... You know, there's always going to be those people that sleep on Key Brian Hayes and maybe look at some of the bigger names around MLB. And I think it's going to take the Pirates taking another step forward. And again, Key Brian Hayes just doing what he continues to do for them to finally notice. And I think that's going to put him in the top 10. But personally, I think he's already a top 10 in the major leagues. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it across the league and I think that might help his case next year. So I, I hope that answered your question. It's a premium power position, and a lot of the guys that are at the very top, some of the elite third basemen, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez plays some third. We've seen him bounce around second, wherever. Rafael Devers, Alex Bregman, Austin Riley, Aaron Otto. All of those guys are consistently driving in 90 to 100 runs a season, and what's another common factor with all those guys? They're making over $100 million, which Key Brian Hayes – when he signed it, was the highest-paid Pirates player in pro in club history, but Brian Reynolds exceeded that the next year. You still got Eugenio Suarez, a banged-up Anthony Rendon. I think Hayes is better than him. Gunnar Henderson, a young guy. Max Muncy, who will hit 200 but still hit 30 home runs. Justin Turner might be on the downswing. Matt Chapman, another really good third baseman, as well as Yandy Diaz, who bounces around, plays some first, plays some third, and stuff like that. So... Yeah, he's right around that that area. The guys that you definitely put ahead of him, Machado, Devers, Bregman, Jose Ramirez has played. He's more so a second baseman, though, at least in my recollection, right? Of, but, I mean, he has played a lot of third because they moved some guys around in that Cleveland infield. Nolan Arenado is better just because of the bat. Hayes is better defensively. And then you're talking... Hayes and Gunnar Henderson. Eugenio Suarez doesn't really play that great at defense, but the bat is there, not really there with the average. 
So yeah, Hayes is right there on the cusp of being a top 10 third baseman if he's not already. Well, I definitely think that he's gonna he's on his way to top 10 if he isn't there already. Uh, but again, just wrapping, put a, putting a bow on this segment, uh, it's about time Key won the gold glove. Uh, you know, we had somebody in our comments on Bucks Dugout earlier today saying, where's the article, the Happy Fest article on Key Brian Hayes winning the gold glove? We couldn't fit it into an article. We had to talk about this on the show. So we had to mention that. And again, congrats to Key. The first of what I'm expecting to be many Gold Glove Awards for a shelf. It would be nice if maybe next year or a couple years from now, he adds a silver slugger to that. Because, man, I'll tell you what, if he can put everything together, we might be looking at an MVP candidate for Key Brian Hayes. But congrats to him on the award right now. Switching gears, free agency began on Monday. 5 o'clock is when things started to take a turn and Teams were essentially allowed to start signing players or at least negotiating. GM meetings are going on right now. Pirates have not made many moves, if any, right now to add to their roster. They have actually lost several players from last year uh, due to the waiver wire. And I'm a little surprised at how many people got claimed for the Pirates. Uh, but two in particular over the past week. Uh, well, just going over some that were already claimed. Alfonso Rivas. Um... I'm missing somebody off the top of my head, but uh, it... Us, um, as well as Vinny Capra was claimed. Yeah. yeah. Miguel Andujar was claimed. Angel Perdomo was claimed. There was one more as well, but... And then Cody Bolton was also traded. Yeah, he was traded to Seattle for cash. Um, but again, Vinny Capra, nobody expected anybody to want. I thought he was either going to walk or sign back as a minor league uh, free agent. Rivas, we kind of knew he wasn't going to be around long, uh, but I think the most surprising ones were Andujar to the A's and Perdomo to the Atlanta Braves. They took a flyer on him. What's your reaction to those guys leaving? Because I know you liked Andujar, but uh, just give your general reaction to some of this. Yeah, I I did really like Andujar, and I was frustrated to see him go. Tuba Capita Marcano being claimed by uh, San Diego was the other move. Because, look... And Duhar, every time that he had an opportunity to suit up for the Pirates, yes, he's not that great of a fielder. Yes, he swings and misses a lot. But that dude was damn productive with the bat in his hands and runners on base. He drove in runs. Combined between the Pirates and Indianapolis, he drove in over 100 runs. That's undeniable. The production is there. And he really hasn't had a chance to produce since his rookie year with the Yankees, where he was a Rookie of the Year candidate and had a fantastic season for New York. But since then, it's just been a whole bunch of blah. He hasn't gotten a chance. And I don't know if it's because of the strikeout numbers, but then again, strikeouts are at a premium in baseball. Jackson Winsky still strikes out 170-plus times. Hits better for average now than he did last year. But still, he goes on these drive spells where he couldn't hit a beach ball. And then... At other times, he hits everything 450 feet. I just wanted to see Andujar get some more consistent at-bats because I still think there's some unlocked potential there. We saw it at times late down the stretch in September where runners get on, big situations against teams like Cincinnati and the Cubs who were in the race to make the playoffs, and the Pirates knocked out pretty much both of them by the way that they played against the division rivals, and Duhar was a factor in that. And yeah, I get it with the defensive reasoning and that Andrew McCutcheon is going to be your DH next year. Who knows for how many games McCutcheon is going to be your DH. They might try to bounce somebody else in that position as well. But Andujar, he has a lot to be desired. But the Pirates left a lot 
to be desired in terms of how they used him and not putting him out there in the lineup, especially in the second half of the season, or especially in the first half of the season, where the young guys were not here. Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, Leo Peguero, Nick Gonzalez, they weren't here. You had a spot to try to play Miguel and Duhar in the outfield, and you just did not do it if you're the Pirates. So a little confusing to me. And Perdomo as well, he had Tommy John. Atlanta's just basically going to pick him up, put him on the injured list 60-day for the whole entire season, hold him out until they're able to do so in spring training, and then just hold on to him for 2025 and think that they can bank on him as a lefty who was pretty good in the Pirates' bullpen. Once they acquired him, he was solid and got out of some jams and pitched in high-leverage situations. I was a little surprised to see the Pirates let him go, but the fact that he has the injury makes it a little bit more apparent as to why. Atlanta, though, not afraid to add somebody else to their loaded roster, and why not stash somebody out on your 40-man when you have your 26-man roster just stacked and fantastic pretty much from, you could say probably their 17, first 17 guys on that 26-man roster or all guys that could start on other teams, whether it's a couple guys on their bench or even their sixth guy in the starting rotation that they use in a mop-up role in the bullpen or in AAA, and they were able to add another piece. So I think good moves by Atlanta as well as the Oakland A's. And if you're the A's, why not take a chance on Andujar? That team's not very good. They have some positions of need and give them some at-bats. Maybe they'll finally be able to unlock something that the Pirates and Yankees haven't been able to. Yeah, I'm in total agreement there. I mean, for the Braves, I mean, the Pirates may be a little bit more logical of letting Perdomo go, as you referenced, the injury to him and the surgery that he just got. Taking a flyer on him, see what he can bring. Regarding Andujar, though, I was surprised just because the Pirates' first base room, and I understand that, you know, he can play outfield, he can DH, he can also play first base, too. With how thin it is, and I understand the Pirates are going to make it a point of emphasis to bring in some true first baseman this offseason. Um, more or less by trades or free agency. But letting him go, I thought he would have made a nice maybe uh, minor league bat to bring up in case of injury, such such as this year. Good example of that. Uh, good power hitter. He was starting to come around. But again, you know, you look back at it, after he hit those two home runs against Washington back in May, he kind of went on a cold streak. Uh, yeah, Pirates maybe could have used him a little bit as the season progressed. But when September hit, that, that's his bread and butter, September baseball. Um, I, and it's a weird anomaly, really, but, you know, I, I can sort of maybe find the logic and why they let Duhar go, but I wouldn't have done it right this second. I thought there are other people that are expendable that we could have probably got, you know, we could have gotten rid of and kept Duhar for. Alika Williams is one name that comes to mind. Um, it, it's just puzzling for that. But I'm also, again, puzzled at just some of the other moves that were made, such as Vinny Capper getting claimed. I didn't think anybody would. And then Tucapito Marcano. He's not a great baseball player by any means, but, hey, he's got lots of passion. He was starting to come around before he went out with a knee injury. And, I mean, the guy, he's a solid fielder too. So the, the decision to let him go is a little shocking to me, but I'm not going to spend every, every minute of my existence defending these guys who were on the team as part of a losing season, an improving season, but a losing one at that. And if the Pirates are truly planning on improving this team in the offseason, it'll be worth it. And and Duhar will now get a consistent chance to play every single day with Oakland, whether they're a good team or not. And that's all he needs. You know, 
I'm going to you know reference Cody Duncan. He, men- he mentioned on Twitter that Andujar just needs a chance. And I bl- I'm, ag- I'm in full agreement with that, especially when the Pirates maybe didn't utilize him to his fullest potential. I'm not going to say they utilized him badly, but they didn't utilize him in full. But again, I'm not going to spend every waking moment talking about that. just wanted to get your opinion on you know what you thought about some of these guys that were let go, some of these guys that were claimed. Gary De Los Santos was also put out on waivers, but he was outright at AAA, so he didn't go anywhere, which is good. Um, so we'll see how the Pirates sort of shake up their roster in the offseason, which brings us to our next our next topic. Free agency, offseason moves, they are completely in full swing, no pun intended, and the Pirates have not made any moves yet, but reports are coming out saying that they are linked to several players one of importance uh, is MLB Trade Rumors. They came out with an article about the Pirates um, as you know they're, they're a landing spot, potential landing spot for four big free agents. We'll get to those, but Austin was telling me off the air, we talked last week about Reese Hoskins, maybe the potential of him coming to Pittsburgh, and we thought at first that maybe it was going to take a little bit more than just, uh, you know, say a, a fair contract to bring him to Pittsburgh, but Recent reports have maybe changed your tone, Austin. Is that right? Yeah, seeing what MLB Trade Rumors projects for Reese Hoskins. Okay, a two-year deal where you're looking at at 18, 17, 18 million dollars. I thought that it would be more like 25. And I understand that he did not play last year. He was hurt in an ACL injury. I would do that deal if I'm the Pirates. I would try to make it with a base of around 15. And let's not pretend like the Pirates don't have money to spend. Because they do in every facet of the word. I would make that deal because, one, Hoskins is a pro- he's a pretty proven commodity. Yes, he did miss the entire season. That is something that's a little bit alarming. But that's what happens with ACLs and everything. I would probably make it incentive base to be able to get up to 18. Why not do it? I've changed my tune. I have a different opinion because of what the money could look like. Because instead of paying 25, if you top out at 18, maybe a base of 15, you still have a decent amount of money that you can spend. Like, for instance, if you spend 18 instead of what I thought was going to be about 25, you're looking at about $7 million that you can go and hand out to a Jack Flaherty, who is another name on that list. Or to a Sean Manaya, who's a lefty starter. It'd be pretty nice to have a lefty in that starting rotation to go alongside Keller, Skeens in about May, maybe the beginning of June. Johan Oviedo, who could be a three, but is probably a good four for you. I don't think he's a five. I think he's a good four, a solid three. If he could take another step this year, he's a three. And have somebody like Sean Manaya. Jack Flaherty, I think, could also be a three for you. Maybe a two. Why not? Why not spend money smartly? You know, there's that old saying, work smarter, not harder. Spend smarter if you're the Pirates. Why not buy low on Reese Hoskins? Why not buy low on Jack Flaherty? Now, they talked about on MLB Trade Rumors that a three-year deal could be what gets the job done for Flaherty. Gives him a little bit of security, but also with an opt-out after year one or year two. I'm not too much in favor of opt-outs, but it could benefit because it could just benefit the player. How much does it really benefit the team? Because if the player opts out of the deal, more than likely that's because he's going to get more money. Case in point to the Javier Baez opt-out that he just opted into because he is getting a bag from Detroit and is a shell of his former self with Chicago. So why not? Flaherty, 
as well as Reese Hoskins. If you could sign those two guys for a total of $30 million, and it's saying a lot, and it will need the Pirates to go against what they have done for the past, since signing Francisco Luriano. Because yes, they are shelling out some new money to players. It's their own guys. It's like when the Steelers shell out money to TJ Watt and give him a long-term extension, or Alex Highsmith, or Cam Hayward. They pay their guys that they drafted and developed. They drafted Key Brian Hayes. They traded for Brian Reynolds and pretty much developed him throughout the last couple of portions of the minor leagues before he eventually came up and became a star with the Bucs. It's time to continue to do that with like an O'Neill Cruz, Mitch Keller especially, but also put your money where your mouth is in free agency. Ben Sherrington has stated that this is, it is time. It is about time to start making some moves. It is really the time where maybe the first time we've seen like a true admission that this team believes that they are in a good position to succeed and that it's win-now mode. They're not in this uh, dodging questions, saying we just want to get better. Instead of just, oh, we're just trying to get better every day, it's still, yes, we're trying to get better every day, but also we're going to add to that to make sure that we continue to get better and add to this core that we have brought up this past year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Totally agree on all of it. And, you know, I, I would love for the Pirates to take a flyer on a guy like Jack Flaherty, who knows the NL Central, has struggled a bit, uh, didn't do terrible with Baltimore, but I'm sure he'd like to try somewhere else. Um, but I, I really want to circle back to your point about the player option because I, I think that adds, as you said, more incentive to make somebody, say Reese Hoskins, come to Pittsburgh. You give him maybe a three-year deal, opt out after two. Uh, I think you'd be willing to do that, especially if it benefits him in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we'll see. I mean, again, those four players that were specifically linked to the Pirates – one of them is Flaherty. Another is Manaya, who Pirates fans have clamored for for years. I think he'd be a fine fit. Jason Hayward, I thought, was an odd one for this list. Um, I mean, he's a veteran presence. He's still not bad, but I just thought that was just a very obscure one. Um, and then Brandon Belt was the other from MLB Trade Rumors. I mentioned before that Brandon Belt, I think, would be a solid fit at first base. But, hey, I mean, if we can get Reese Hoskins, then let's try it. Um, people want Carlos Santana. Some people want Brandon Belt. Really, any improvement, I think, would just be better off for the Pirates. So uh, we'll see where they go. Again, there's still lots of time. I'm sure that Ben Charrington is on the phone trying to negotiate something, whether it's a deal or a trade. And we'll, we will get some news, I'm sure, here in just a couple of days, maybe even a couple of weeks, as the Pirates try to get back to relevancy. Well, uh, we're around in third here on Talk the Plank for this episode. I just want to let you know, coming up in one of our upcoming episodes, our man Connor Williams has recorded an interview with Jim Callis. That's right. Uh, We'll get that up for you, and we will uh, share it on all of our social media platforms, so be sure to go follow those. We'll go over those here at the end. But 
One of the final things I want to talk about, if not the final thing I want to talk about, uh, it was some news that was released uh, by the man himself a couple of days ago, former Pirate and just absolute man with the golden pipes, Stephen Brault. He uh, pitched for the Pirates from 2016 through 2021, uh, went through the COVID year as well. He announced his retirement from on-field action. Now, if you were asking yourself what happened to Brault after 2021, he was signed by the Cubs on a minor league deal, appeared in a couple of games out of the bullpen, got hurt. Then he went to the Atlantic Coast League, played in the outfield for one of their teams, even playing with Dovidas Nevaroskis. How about that name? That's a flash from the past. Um, but he did announce in an Instagram post on Monday that he is announced, that he is retiring from on-field action. He does want to continue working in baseball, just uh, the capacity of which he wants to work was not disclosed. But, you know, I, I want to take a moment and just reflect on him. I mean, I thought – I remember when he first came through the system, I thought he was going to be one of the best uh, pitchers that we've seen. I was really excited to see him work. Unfortunately, didn't turn out the way we'd hoped. But he did have some bright moments. He did hit a home run, his only home run of his career at um, – Coors Field a couple years back, also pitched a complete game against the St. Louis Cardinals, I think in 2020, if not 2021. So, and I mean, the guy is just a stand-up act. Austin, do you have any comments for Stephen Brault's retirement? Uh, yeah, I just like the, the guy, especially. That's what really stood out to me the most. Compared to, you know, how he pitched, it was, it was the guy. The way that Stephen Brault acted, the way that he proceeded with the media just the overall good person that he was as well as the solid pitcher that he was as well had a great voice somebody who could sing the national anthem better than probably any other player in the entire MLB a pitcher that at times would pitch backwards as a lefty saw time in the starting rotation and also in the bullpen just an awesome guy Somebody who you just root for. It's very easy to root for, and you wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, I hope he, uh, you know, whatever he does next, I hope he does well in whatever venture it is. I would love to see him join a broadcast team, especially the Pirates one. I think he would just be a joy to have, whether it's in pregame slash postgame or, you know, in the booth as like a, a, pl a former player analyst. I think he would bring some really good energy to the broadcast team, so... Uh, yeah, again, you can read more about his career at BucksDugout.com. We did an article on it, and it's on our Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, but again, best of luck, Stephen Brault. Thanks for your time with the Pirates, you know, uh, for a great guy. Maybe he'll even go on The Voice. Who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. But uh, that's going to do it for us here on Talk the Plank. Again, be on the lookout for uh, uh, Connor Williams' interview with Jim Callis. Uh, I listened to it. It sounds great. So we will uh, share that to you when the time is right. Be sure to subscribe to Talk the Plank on all platforms you might get your podcast from. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify even. So you can find us on all the major platforms or even the underrated ones that you uh, might explore. And we don't. So, uh, Austin, do you have anything else for the people? If not, go ahead and share your Twitter account. I am excited I don't want to be too optimistic. I tend to be optimistic surrounding the Pirates. I think they're going to make some moves. Now, it's, I don't think it's going to be the ultimate big-time move that people necessarily want them to make. The Pirates have a tendency to underwhelm us in that regard. But I do think there's something truly into what Ben Sherrington is saying about changes and signing guys in free agency and genuinely adding to this team. Now, should they trade prospect capital to do that? I'm not sure. But the deals that they continue to make with Hayes, bringing back McCutcheon, which I don't think was just a PR move, 
and also extending Brian Reynolds, which partly was a lot of the fact that you could just tell by the way he spoke, Brian Reynolds wanted to be here too. He could see what was being built, that this is a huge offseason. And with free agency starting up, MLB free agency usually takes kind of a while to get going compared to like NBA where it drops at like 5 o'clock and everybody's signed by 5.30. And maybe the same thing with the NHL, sometimes the NFL as well. MLB free agency kind of takes a little bit more time. So I'm excited to see what the Pirates do. First base, starting pitcher. If it's Santana, Reese Hoskins, and some starting pitching, maybe two starting pitchers, needs to happen. You can find me on Twitter at Austin R. Bechtold. Lots of fun, Jake. Really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Glad to have you on. Always glad to talk some bucko baseball with you. And hopefully we get some news here over the next course of the week. That way we can share our thoughts on it next time we are on Talk the Plank. You can find Austin on Twitter, Austin R. Bechtold, as he said. Follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. You can follow Talk the Plank at Talk the Plank Pod. We just released also Haley Ryan's Minor League Madness first of the offseason, so you can go ahead and give a listen to that after you give a listen to this, and then listen to Connor's interview with Jim Callis. You can follow all those platforms. Be sure to follow me at underscore Radio Jake on Twitter, or X if you fancy the correct term nowadays. But, uh, again, another fun half hour talking bucko baseball. Thanks to Austin. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time here on Talking Play.